Hey, Dylan Kelly here, host of the Wave Break Podcast. Excited to get into this episode, but first, here's a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Wave Break Podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the growth marketing platform most recommended by other business leaders. Listen, in uncertain times, you need to be supporting your community and growing relationships with your customers. It's going to be appreciated. It's going to be remembered. It's going to be shared. And in good times and bad, this type of communication that's open and empathetic with your customers is key. This is a key theme that we've been talking about at Waybreak. I've been preaching this on the podcast. And when you're communicating with your customers in this way, the best way to do this is with email. It is and always will be one of the best channels for delivering communication like this. And what I love about Klaviyo is that email is one of its core offerings. And their personalization that you can do inside Klaviyo is just, it can't be beat. And when you leverage that personalization driven by a 360 degree view of the customer, these emails are going to feel more relevant and they're going to drive even stronger relationships. And Klaviyo gets it. They're not just, you know, some company. They understand how challenging it is right now for every entrepreneur. You know, it was hard to get your business off the ground and navigating these times is even harder. And if you're feeling overwhelmed with growing your business, know that you're not alone. Klaviyo is here to help you build relationships across any distance for your brand and create memorable and meaningful email marketing moments that last a lifetime. And that's how you build a successful e-commerce brand. And this is why I love Klaviyo so much, because they're on the same page with me and Wavebreak. is like, we're not just about making more revenue. That's great. But what this is really about is an opportunity to create an amazing community with your customers. And the best way to do it is with email. And if you're not on Klaviyo, you got to get on Klaviyo. Visit klaviyo.com to schedule a free trial. That's K-L-A-V-I. IYO.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Waybreak Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Kelly, founder and CEO of Waybreak, a leading email and SMS marketing agency specializing in helping high growth brands maximize long-term profitability. If you're not getting the most out of your email marketing or you're not even doing SMS marketing, you gotta reach out to us. We can help you put together a best-in-class program with our advanced strategy and best-in-class creative. If you wanna learn more about that, head over to wavebreak.com, set up a time with me and my team, and we can talk more about that. So without further ado, let's jump in this episode. This is the Waybreak Podcast where we interview the people behind some of the fastest growing brands in the world. Today's no different. We've got Amy Miraflor from Evie's Tree. Really excited for this one because what she was able to do is scale community into a multi-million dollar brand. So they have mastered scaling the hard to scale. Uh, So product launches, what is their strategy? They're dropping new products every week. How do they plan that out with their production cycles? And then what do their drops actually look like? Uh, They've scaled referral marketing in a really strong way that a lot of brands I notice haven't been able to do. So she shares a lot about how they're actually able to do that on a tactical level and how you can scale referral marketing on as a new channel. And then the last piece is building community. I mean, that's going to be one of the biggest differentiators as we head into 2021 uh, and this year continues to evolve and there's more competition and everything. Community is a huge differentiator. So she talks about how they're able to do that in a competitive market Um, and really excited uh, for you guys to listen to this episode just because there is um, just a lot of great insight on different strategies that we don't normally talk about on the podcast. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Amy. Thank you for having me. It's exciting to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to to chat. You have an awesome story. I'm excited to dive into it. Um, and let's just start there. Like for, for the people who don't know, what's Evie's Tree and how did you get into this business? 
Yeah, it's a great question. Evie's tree is, um, we like to call it everyday luxury for everyday life. It's basically um, started as a hoodie business. Um, I started embellishing hoodies, uh, mostly hoodies from my closet at first. And then I bought up like pretty much every hoodie that Masa made in Target and embellished those and sold those to my friends. And then eventually we just kind of kept growing. And now we, um, we design and we mass produce um, beautiful with beautiful boutique factories, these lines that are all centered around a hoodie. So we tell every woman you should feel comfortable in what you wear. Um, we're from the San Francisco Bay Area and hoodies are a huge part of our lifestyle here. And so um, instead of wearing your beefy Hanes hoodie, um, you can wear one of our hoodies, but still feel comfortable and beautiful. You can wear them to work. You can wear them out to dinner. You could wear them to church. You can do all the things that most women need to do in um, our hoodies. And so we have capsule ranges that kind of center around these um, luxury hoodies that include shirts and pants and dresses, jackets, and it's all based around a luxury hoodie. That's awesome. I love the product. Yeah. I think it's amazing. Yeah, thank, the best. thank you. So yeah. So tell me, so you're in a unique intersection. So it's a hoodie yeah. that's comfortable, but it's also luxurious. So if we look at the last 12 yeah. months, comfortable yeah. <laughs> products have done really well. Luxury products, yeah. not always doing as well. What was the, what was right. 2020 like for you guys? Was it a breakout year or how, how did things go last year? It was such an interesting year. What were things like yeah. for you? Well, it was scary for us at first, obviously, like the rest of the world, you know, yeah. I mean, like literally a year um, ago to today, it's like, what's happening? A year ago today. Yeah. So we, a year ago today, um, we got word the, you know, we're here in California and we got word that we were one of the first states to do a full shutdown. And so we got word the shutdown was coming and, you know, it was scary. I mean, March is traditionally a hard month for clothing retailers, because most people don't really know what to wear in March. Half the country is snow, half the country is defrosting. So it is kind of a, a strange time period for most people, but uh, it was pretty scary. But once we passed that March moment, um, we had already positioned ourselves to grow. Like we had plans to grow this year. Um, and we just kind of picked up in April and, you know, we actually grew, which was surprising. Um, we had um, you know, almost a 40% growth rate in 2020. Um, that's not to say that we didn't have problems. We um, produce our product overseas. And so we had a slew of COVID issues, um, mostly around shipping and getting product out of China and India, which were our two factories because they shut down and a lot of our product was stuck there. So um, it was painful and behind the scenes as far as getting products here. But, um, you know, as far as how customers received our product during the pandemic year. Um, I think, like you just said, we kind of fell in a great category for them. So we are one of the lucky ones there. Yeah, that's awesome. No, and I, I, yeah. I felt, and so many other people, I think we all felt the exact same way. It's like, yeah. okay, we have no idea what's going to happen. It was literally like yeah. almost a year ago. I think almost a year ago to the exact day. It was like Friday the 13th. It was like, oh my goodness, what yeah. is, what is going to happen? Is everything going to implode? And then luckily e-commerce hit this boom and it's yeah. like 
It was just weird. It was like we were living in a vacuum. It was like the weirdest thing. It was strange. And we didn't see any, like, I would say for most of the month of March, it was very uncertain. There was a lot of uncertainty. Um, Our customers were losing jobs. Um, Mm. We are very heavily social and media based and very connected to our customers. So um, uh, we have a, we have a private Facebook group where I actually communicate. It's not my team, but it's actually me. Like I go in there and I communicate with our customers and, you know, it was scary. It was really scary. And, mm. um, God, my heart went out to a lot of these women who, you know, it not a day would go by in March where there was at least like 10 to 20 people saying my husband just lost his job. You know, I just lost my job. Oh, no. And, um, that's a scary um, you know, we're personally connected to these people. We really consider our customers to be a big part of our world. Most of our customers are, are you know, like I would say probably at this point, it's probably a little bit less because we're growing so much, but I would say probably about 70% to 80% of our customers are repeats. So um, we know these women, we know their names, you know, we see their faces on social media and it was really hard. Like, you know, we felt worried, not just for ourselves, but for everybody you know mm-hmm. so so that was hard for sure yeah that is that is tough what what is your yeah. your marketing mix look like like were you do you run a lot of facebook ads or how do your customers typically yeah. find you yeah that's a great question so honestly word of mouth is really great for us we you know when i started back in the beginning it was right when facebook um like i i wasn't even on instagram when this started it was right when facebook really hit a high and um i started a lot of my communication with customers just posting these things on my own personal Facebook page and people would share it. Um, And we grew really quickly um, just solely on Facebook. And then we joined Instagram when the bandwagon was kind of, you know, when Facebook switched up their algorithm, we kind of jumped over to Instagram, um, saw similar success there. And then of course, Instagram switches up their algorithm. And so we've kind of tried everything you can imagine for probably the first, I would say, gosh, like eight years, we hardly spent any money in marketing. It was all word of mouth and just, you know, very organic sharing on social media. Um, When the algorithm started to change, we really started looking into our marketing dollars and like where we were putting things. At first, we were just solely um, Instagram. And then we kind of would go into, you know, we do this, the split between Instagram and Facebook. Now it's pretty much all the same, you know, you do it all through Facebook, but so now most of our marketing is influencers. We partner with a lot of influencers. Um, really a lot of the bulk of our dollars does go to Facebook still. Um, we do, we are experimenting with some Google ads, but we haven't found great success there. We're kind of trying to tweak that and figure out how, we can make that work. You know, again, we try to partner with our customers to just keep sharing. So keep it on them for the most part. So they have, we have a great rewards program. So if they refer a friend, they get, you know, some money back in their pocket. So we use that a lot as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Like what I love is like the level of business you've scaled to like the revenue size you are and team size you are. Um, yeah. And you've done it by really focusing on like, not even like marketing as like performance channels, which like a lot of people mm-hmm. we interview on the process, like they build similar sized businesses and like their, their, their marketing background. What's really cool about what mm-hmm. you've done is you've built this business based off really community. Like I think that it's high r- repeat purchase rate, like mm-hmm. says a lot. And it's like a lot of brands don't tap mm-hmm. into it because they are very transactional in the way they think about it. Um, so yeah. Like, 
tell me a bit about that. Like creating a community. Yeah. How have you built this community? It's, it's organic. It's real. It's authentic. Like mm-hmm. how, but at the same time, it's not like organic because yeah. you have to cultivate community. So like, how have you yeah. done that? And then how have you been able to scale that? Well, I mean, that's been hard because in the beginning, the community was very much built around me. Like I was very transparent on social media. I would put the clothes on. I would snap a picture of me in every single piece. And as the business has grown, it's really been hard for me to maintain that personal one-on-one relationship with the customer and for them to really kind of see my inside story. I mean, I think, you know, I'm a mom. I, I was originally a teacher and the background to my story was that um, you know, I was fourth grade teacher, public school teacher, excuse me, got pregnant with my son and uh, I just couldn't find proper daycare for him. So I stayed home. But at the time, uh, you know, my husband, we really relied on my income. My husband didn't have insurance with his job. And so it was, it was really hard. Like, you know, I really wanted to be with my kids, but um, just did not know how to financially make that happen. And um, my husband worked a lot of side jobs and did a bunch of stuff. And finally, I was just getting ready to uh, go back and do some subbing and then possibly take on another classroom. And this hoodie thing kind of popped out of nowhere. And I think what was so special about my story was my struggle in, you know, trying. There's so many women out there that are in the same boat as me, you know, like they, they really do want to be with their kids. They want to put their kids first. And I kind of hate saying that because I feel like a lot of people, a lot of women that do work, like they'll tell you, like, I put my kids first and of course they do, but you know, they made a decision to go back to work. And there's a lot of women who really truly want to be home with their children and don't have help family or daycare or whatever, or maybe can't afford the daycare. So I think my story was very transparent and very honest. And I think community kind of came out of me um, connecting with like minded women that were in the same boats and saw my story as very um, relatable and personal to them. And, um, you know, as the business just kept growing, I think people were just shocked at just, you know, how fast it grew and how much I made and, you know, like how it just kind of kept growing. And then it just became very aspirational where, Hey, listen, like you don't, you can choose to be a mom, work a job, be there for your family. Um, you don't have to, there is a way to live your life and make some money. And it is very much through this community driven e-commerce has really changed that you can do a lot of these things at home. Etsy was really huge. A lot of moms can make extra money off of Etsy. And so this community just kept building off of that. And, um, as I've grown and this business has grown, it's been really hard because I do, you know, am part of the story. And I think, you know, it's been hard for me to really diversify and say, I can continue to be the one that's part of the story, but I also have to be the CEO and I have to grow the company and I have to, you know, um, let my social media take over and maybe I don't model every hoodie. So moving back to, I said, we have a private Facebook group. That's really how we've kind of managed it is we've kept it to these smaller circles where I get to, you know, kind of be in touch with people on my own terms, you know, before I go to bed at night, I'll put out a a post and that's kind of how we built our community is really through that. Yeah. That's awesome. And like, when you talk about like referral programs too, like you mentioned, like that's Mm -hmm. a big channel for you. Like I talked to a lot of brands who are like, ah, we can't 
make it work. And it's because like, they're so focused on the transaction that like, it doesn't work when you're yeah. just trying to like spit out revenue. And mm-hmm. like, I think that's a perfect example of like looking at a high repeat customer rate mm-hmm. and like the mm-hmm. success of your referral program and things where like other brands can't get those things to stick. Like it really all yeah. comes back to that. Yeah. And like really having that, like you're not also losing sight of like why you started the brand, I think is really important too. Like you can right. get caught up in the numbers and the growth. Um, and I think right. what's really cool is like you guys have found ways to keep up with the numbers and keep up with the growth while also like scaling that community, which is which is huge. Well, I think it's down to product too, right? Like, listen, like we have a great community. Uh, we've worked really hard to make women feel included and loved, supported. But there's also the aspect of we actually make really great products. And, you know, they really love what we put out. And I mean, these women will take pictures of their closet and it's solely Evie Street. Like, it's just like racks and racks wow. of Evie Street. And they like resell these things. There's like buy, sell trade boards, you know, that like they'll go in because we do very limited. We do small batches, very limited, and we never repeat a style in the same color. So they will like sell these things for more than they buy them for at times, used pieces. and it's easy to refer a friend to something that you really, really love. Right. So, and you know, like I want to refer my friend because there's a new launch coming out next week and I want it and I want to get 20 bucks, you know, off of, off of my purchase. So I think it makes it easy for them to bring their friends. Like a lot of women will tell me they'll save the hang tags of the hoodies and the pieces and they'll write their referral code on the hang tag and stick it in their purses. And when they get, you know, comments on their, on their clothes, they'll pull it out and they'll say, you need to go check it out. Use my referral code, you know? So if you have a good product, they're going to naturally want to share it. Let's take a quick break and get a word from our sponsor. Listen, it's getting more expensive to drive profitable traffic to your website every month every year. You need to do everything you can to maximize conversions. That's why I love and use today's sponsor, Just Do Know. They're the best tool in the game for conversion rate optimization. Two things I really love about them right now. I mean, they're, first of all, they're a really great company, really great team. Uh, you know, one of the best to work with. Uh, but two features I love of Just You Know. Number one, they have these AI powered upsells that you can take and put anywhere in your store that has HTML. So you can put them in the checkout, you can put them in your cart, you can put them on the product page. This is their Just Do No Plus product. And what's great about that, it has this AI in it that tracks buyer behavior and puts recommendations that people are actually gonna buy. So you get more conversions and you get higher average order value and it's just gonna help your business scale a lot easier and it's really easy to set up because you also get a strategist with it. And the Just Do No Plus strategist, they know exactly what's working and how the best brands are leveraging Just Do No and they can take that insight and apply it to your brand with zero learning curve um, and help you drive more conversions using their platform on your website. The second thing I really love about Just You Know is their advanced list growth tools uh, and specifically how you can segment based on traffic and a ton of other different metrics so you can really maximize list growth as well as conversions using on-site pop-ups and different promotions that they have. Um, and all of this works extremely well. Uh, Just Do Know customers see an average of 135% lift in revenue during their first year using the platform. And what's awesome about it is it also links to Klaviyo, Postscript, and all of the other software software that you use. So you can close the loop, link everything together. Everything's personalized. Everything's automated. It's all nice and flows and connected. Um, and it drives great results. So if you want to learn more about Just Do No Plus and snag a sweet discount because you're a listener of this podcast, all you got to do is go to justduno.com slash wavebreak. Link is down in the show notes below. It's justduno.com slash wavebreak. Sign up for a free trial and get 20% off your first year by using code wavebreak. Like I said, it's down in the show notes below. Go check them out. Let's get back into this episode. 
That's awesome. You've kind of created like the supreme of moms. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. My son, my fourteen uh, year old, would love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, what does mom do? It's like, oh, I run the supreme of moms. Yeah, just saying. Just saying. Um, oh, that's great. No, that's awesome. And that makes a lot of sense too, especially when you create yeah. the demand around the products like that. And like, oh, this launch is coming up. Also, I think the referral program plays into your market so well too, because you do yeah. have products that are really referable. And then it's also like, right. you know, I think of my mom, right? She loves to get a deal on anything. So if yeah. she knows like, this is great. And people are asking her, where's that from? It's like, Hey, this company's launching this new thing. Use my link. You'll get yeah. it. I think that's why, like, if you think of something like too, like even like, not like, um, what are they called? <laughs> oh, MLMs, like multi-level marketing among moms. Like right. the specifically essential oils is like dominating and like taking over. It it's, been, it's been taking over yeah. the suburbs um, because of that model. Yeah. Like it fits perfectly with your marketplace. And I think that's, yeah. that's huge. And um, I mean, it works so well. I'd love to talk about yeah. too, like launch strategy for new products. Cause I think a lot of people yeah. hold their businesses growth back by just focusing on like basically like not launching enough new styles or new products. And then at the same time yeah. too, when you're a smaller company and you're trying to, you know, get more inventory, it's hard to balance like ordering enough and not ordering enough and everything like that. We'd love to talk more about how you think about like launching new products and what your strategy is. So like, like, cause it sounds like you sell out a lot. Like, do you, how do you yeah. figure out how much inventory to order and all that? So let's just start yeah. this. Okay. I said like five different questions. All right. So the first question. <laughs> That's okay. I got it. <laughs> what, what, tell, tell me about your strategy behind launching new products. What does that look like at a high level? Well, yes, that is, that's hard because we don't have anything really evergreen, right? So a lot of companies have an evergreen product that they're able to kind of, and, and that's actually speaking back to marketing, really, really hard. You know, uh, most companies are able to put a, an evergreen product out there and get, you know, ramp up on the ad spend and really get a lot of usage out of that that run, we don't have that. Our product literally drops weekly. We have brand new product that drops every single week. And sometimes that product sells out as like in the first day. So it makes advertising and marketing really challenging. And, you know, so we kind of don't, um, when we are, our goal, when we release things is we go through a whole, so also the other thing that's complicated is since we're clothing, we're working almost eight months in advance, six to eight months in advance. So we're deciding how much inventory we're going to, we're going to purchase based upon um, our projections and our thought process, you know, for the next year. And how we kind of do that is we use a lot of historical data. So we'll say, you know, we're releasing this product um, and it's, you know, it's kind of falls in the same category as this last piece that we released. And we did, you know, I don't know, 500 pieces of that and we sold out in a day. So this next time we're going to order up a couple hundred and we need to make sure that it's in this price point because this is, this was the sweet spot for this style. And we kind of think this new piece we're doing is going to fall inside that style. So we have a lot of conversations previously before we launch. Um, we're usually about two to three weeks before we launch a piece. We spend a lot of time doing historical data. Um, we've already done a ton of historical data before we made it. And then, you know, our marketing team takes over from my design team and they, kind of go into the whole, how do we want to, you know, present this? 
um, what kind of price do we want this to be on? There's always a deal every time we launch it. So because our capsule pieces, so we really focus a lot on like what deal is going to be the most enticing for our women. So that's kind of what goes into to launching is there's a lot of work because these are brand new pieces. It, it really takes each, each launch gets a lot of attention. Hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, it does. And like, how do you plan that out? Like since you're going so far in advance, but then at the same time you're dropping new products every week, what does that process look mm-hmm. like? Uh, it looks like a lot of conversations. <laughs> we have a lot of talking. We have a lot of spreadsheets. We really, truly, I think one of the things that's really fun about this business is we're able to kind of dictate, you know, women kind of need, it's not a lot of women enjoy picking out their clothes. Let me say it that way. And most women want to walk into a store and see a mannequin and get, you know, an idea about what they're going to wear. So the fun part of our job is that we kind of get to do that. So six months beforehand, we'll look at all the trends and we'll kind of make a decision upon what we think is going to um, really be a great seller. And like I said, there are just so many conversations back and forth with factories. Can they start price? Can we make money off of this? If we sell it with based on historical data on, you know, another style that's similar, if we sell it for that same price, will we actually make any money? So there's a lot of spreadsheets and conversations that go into that. Um, and again, it happens a good six to eight months before the product ever actually lands um, on our website. Got it. And then like after the product is there mm-hmm. and lands on your website, then like what's your strategy mm-hmm. for getting it out there? So again, we um, really rely on our customers, um, our private groups, like our Facebook groups and our close friends on Instagram. Um, we spend a lot of time pushing it, you know, through those channels. We use a lot of emails. Um, we spend, um, our customers love sneak peeks. We do a ton of sneak peeks on our social media channels. So um, we'll like show like a snap of the arm and, you know, women will go crazy and think, oh my God, that's you know, this past hoodie that I love, but in teal. And, you know, so we do a ton of like builds up. We probably spend a good two to three days building up the product. And then um, I always do a Facebook live and an Instagram live where I will try the product on um, me or my um, designer, my assistant designer will try these on and um, show the women, this is how you can wear it. This is what it looks like on. And, um, then uh, usually we do that live the day before and then the next day or the evening of um, the product will go live and email will go out and let everybody know that the product is live and um, and it just kind of goes from there. So that's what it looks like the week of. Got it. Yeah, I love that like hyping strategy. Uh, yeah. I think that's underrated. I think a lot of people do like drops too quickly. Like as soon as the product's yeah. ready, they just release it and they don't kind of like hype it up right. enough. And if you like right. really hype, like I was just talking on the podcast recently with um, another guest who specializes in product launches and he does something similar where like they'll even ask people like a few weeks leading up to the launch, like for feedback. Mm-hmm. And then they get this buy into the product and they feel like they helped create it. Same with like the behind right. the scenes sneak peek. It's just like, oh, cool. Like I want that. It's coming. And they're like on edge for it and just can create a, a much more impactful launch. Um, that's really cool. Like, well, I think, 
Yeah, go ahead. I think women also too, you know, I mean, especially in our current, it, it used to be when I was growing up, you go to the mall, right? And you can go to the mall and you can see all these pieces and you can touch film, but not a lot of women have time to do that. And with phones being, you know, you wait in car line and you scroll through Instagram or you look at your emails or you look at Facebook. I think a lot of women really value those fun, like we call them in our marketing team, soap opera moments where it's like, oh my God, what's happening tomorrow? And what's that? tree doing tomorrow and what you know what piece is going to be launched and so we really try to feed into that I mean gone are the days where we all sat around and watched days of our lives as moms like most of us are way too busy for that and so now we've kind of created an every street days of our lives where people can you know constantly keep up with Instagram and and Facebook and it really just it's something fun that really feeds into this I'm really busy but I just need something fun to look forward to so that's kind of how we look at it yeah, that's great. And I love how you like really think with the customer first instead of like what tactic yeah. or channel am I going to run? Um, yeah. It's like it's like very customer and product driven and then the rest right. kind of falls into place from there. That's awesome. Right. Um, right. Yeah, and like continuing to to go from here um, and we're starting to, starting to run out of time, but like, I guess like where are you thinking about, so like 2020 was an interesting year. Uh, mm-hmm. You learned a lot, figured a lot out. You're building and growing this community. You're launching more products than ever. Like, where, like, what are you thinking about in, in 2021? Like, where are you going from here? What are your plans based on what you learned last year? And, and um, yeah, just what, what, what's on your radar for this year? Well, we're continuing to do the same thing. You know, um, we're continuing to grow. Our goal was before the pandemic happens is we're very community driven, as you obviously know. And one of the things that we've really done a lot is is do like girls night out. So we would bring um, special speakers to our warehouse during the summer. We'd have a special night and people would fly in from, you know, we had somebody come from New York and somebody come from Florida and, you know, a lot of West coasters would fly in and, and we'd have this whole evening where they got to chat with me. They chatted with my team. We fed them dinner. We did like a, a little special like speaking type thing and they got freebies and gift bags and that sort of thing. Really, we want to continue to build community. That's really our ultimate goal. Like it's really easy to buy clothes anywhere. You can go to Madewell and Nordstrom and Anthropology and find beautiful clothes, but very rarely do you walk into a clothing store where you feel like they know who you are and you know who they are and it's a personal touch. So we're really hoping to continue to build on that once this pandemic lifts. Um, I don't know if we'll get to it this year, but we're hoping to do some um, traveling girls night outs where we go to, um, well, you know, do like a pop-up at um, particular like boutiques or, or, you know, rent a, a, a conference room or that sort of thing where we can bring our customers and let them come to us and talk to us and get that same feeling um, and get to kind of give them something to right? Like all of our speakers would give them like life hacks or inspirational, you know, things, how to do's and kind of just really build our women up because it's a hard time and we're all struggling to, you know, keep ourselves looking good and raise kids. And so we really want to continue to build into that and give our women more reason to be part of our community. So that's our hope. Once this pandemic lifts. lifts yeah, course. that's awesome. <laughs> I, I have a feeling yeah. events are just going to crush once, yeah. once this is over. <laughs> yeah. just oh, like, totally. Everybody's dying to, to get out there and yeah. Yeah. Especially like yeah. interact with the brands they know and love again. Like even like getting into a store. Yeah. Like you can't even try yeah. yet, no matter where you are. 
um, which is crazy. No. Changing rooms are closed and it's changed the game forever. That is something people yeah. are talking about. The cost of returns over the last 12 months is insane and it's costing retailers a ton because you can't drown yeah. close and most people aren't yeah. making it into their margins. That's going to cripple a lot right. of people. We can do a whole another podcast on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to end on a bad note, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's true. Uh, but yeah, I'm so excited for events to come back and just the world yeah. to continue to open up. But last year when I was doing this podcast at this time, it was a very different conversation. I was actually interviewing a guy who owned a company called Virus. And they own, oh, God. yeah, they're called Virus. They're like a fitness apparel company. And I was interviewing him literally like a year ago to the date. And I was like, what is going on, man? Like what's happening in your world? He was like, well, it's an interesting time. He's like, our... Um, <laughs> what was it? Their branded keywords from paid search. Yeah. They were oh, like one day their keywords just went super expensive because everybody started Googling virus. So they couldn't, they can't even compete on their own branded search. Oh, God. Um, that yeah, is up, so funny. Yeah. It's crazy, but they ended up bouncing back and they had a good year. Um, and so, yeah, yeah it's good to, yeah. good to know. They, they had a crazy couple of weeks, but <laughs> they figured things out and yeah, yeah. ended up all right. Like but, we all did. Yeah, I mean, I think my if you would ask me that question a couple weeks into the pandemic, you know, what are our goals? It would have just been to survive. <laughs> and I think one of the beauties about our business and, and and humanity in general, right, is that we we do survive and we're strong and you know we're we're okay to come back. And um, so I think you know seeing how the community, our community of women. Um, are going to bounce back is going to be really exciting um, as a business and as a community. I think it's going to be really fun. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so super yeah. excited to see see how that pans out for you. Really Thank appreciate you. you taking the time to come on the show today, Amy. Um, yeah. Where can we go to learn more about you and your business? Yeah, so um, I have a personal Instagram account. You're more than welcome to follow. It's mostly me and my family and um, you know my everyday work life, and that's Amy Marifor. Um is my Instagram handle and then um eviestree.com e-v-y-s-t-r-e-e.com is where you can purchase our clothes and all of our social media channels are at the bottom we're eviestree official on Instagram and eviestree on Facebook and um we encourage you to sign up for our emails um get involved in our private Facebook groups if you'd like and um just get to know you we'd love it yeah, that's awesome. I'll be sure to link up everything down in the show notes below. Uh, this is an awesome yeah. conversation. I love chatting with you about scaling things that are hard to scale. Yeah. How do you scale word of mouth? Yeah. How do you scale community? How do you scale quality and launches when you're planning eight yeah. months out and launching products week to week? There's a lot going on. And um, yeah, I, I really appreciate you coming on. And I think there's a lot to learn in this episode that a lot of people will find value out of. So thanks so much for coming yeah. on the show, Amy. Thanks for having me, Bill. And I appreciate it. Now, listener, before I sign off, stop me if this sounds familiar. Your email marketing is stuck. You feel like you could be doing email better. You're not generating enough email revenue, and you feel like you're leaving money on the table. But you don't have the time to figure email out yourself or or do it on your own because you have a business to run. Imagine this. Imagine not having to worry about leaving money on the table with your email marketing. Imagine not having to figure out what to send, when to send it, how many emails should look, what automation you need, what segments you need, how often you should be contacting your email list, or just worrying about sending the next email. You don't have to worry about any of that. Imagine having peace of mind knowing that your email marketing is generating sales in good hands. At Wavebreak, we help Shopify stores maximize their email marketing revenue. That's it. We don't do anything else. And we've created a system called the Wavebreak Method that, number one, 
makes you less dependent on Facebook or other marketing channels. Let's say something bad happens. Facebook says, see you later, Shopify store, and they just completely kill your ad traffic overnight. You don't have to worry. You don't have to stress because you're good to go because you have a cushion of email revenue. You don't have to worry about how or what what your wife is going to do or if you're going to be able to make rent or if you're going to be able to pay people because you have this cushion of email revenue to rely on. Number two, the second thing this does is huge and it's how stores scale from seven figures to eight figures to nine figures. And the secret is repeat purchases. The Waybreak method gets rid of one-time buyers and increases repeat orders. Number three, it keeps your email list engaged. You don't have to worry about Black Friday and beyond. We'll figure out the ideal amount of times that your list needs to be contacted to maximize revenue, and then we'll execute it for you. If you want to learn more about this system and how we can work together to apply it to your business, go to waybreak.co to schedule a call with me. And I'll personally send you my calendar link and we can chat one-on-one. Now, I don't have unlimited time to do these calls. I can only do a couple of them per week. So if you want to get your call, uh, go sign up at wavebreak.co for it as soon as possible. And we can talk about how we can work together. Thanks for listening to this episode. Subscribe to the show on iTunes to get notified of new episodes as soon as they drop. 